space, final frontier. These are the voyages of starship enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And this week, we're, we're taking a little bit of a break from Voyager, and we're going to be looking at the Sherlock Holmes episodes from TNG. So th this has been really good fun, re-watching these ones. And it's so, almost a little bit topical, because there's that new... Oh, what's it called on Netflix? It's called like The Regulars or something. The Regulars. Yeah. The Regulars. Yeah, I watched the first one, didn't think a lot to it, to be honest. But um, Yeah, I, I watched the first one and I, I was doing something else at the same time, so... Yeah. I wasn't... It didn't grab, it didn't didn't, grab my attention. Didn't like, me either, but it, it shows that Sherlock Holmes has always been reinvented and it's always coming back for yeah. a new audience, so... You know, we're, we're revisiting the Star Trek one. Before we do that, though, little bit of Trek news, not a lot. Um, we're expecting a lot more next week because they're doing, uh, like, an online convention-y thing for First Contact Day on the 5th of April. So we're expecting, hopefully, we'll get a few nuggets, maybe find out Prodigy's air date, maybe. Um, maybe find out when we're all going to get... Um Paramount International. Oh, yeah, yeah, if that goes international. Because at the moment, Paramount International is like a bit like um, the Super Bowl or the World Series with the Americans. It's only America. Yeah, that's it. We, we've got it split over. Well, even just Star Trek is split across Prime and Netflix. And the movies you can yeah. only get if you've got Now TV or Now, as it's called now. Uh, so yeah, it'd be nice if we could get it all in one place. Um, so hopefully, well, it'd, be nice, it'd be nice so that we don't have a repeat of what happened with Lower Decks. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Apart from anything, because that was that should never ever be allowed to happen again in this day and age. No, absolutely. Where America not. has it, and then it's another three or four months later for the rest of the world. Yeah, especially when we've got strange new worlds on the horizon, which everybody's looking forward to. So yeah. I'm hoping hoping for like a really early teaser of Strange New Worlds to come out next week. You know, literally yeah, if they, I, if they uh, filmed anything just a bang it second out. trailer. Yeah. Just bang a it. A second trailer of actual stuff. Even if it's just footage of the Enterprise that they've already featured on Discovery, I don't mind that. And then just a <laughs> shot of them all on the bridge or something, I'm I'd be happy with that. If if the this if the Sorted out the opening titles. Yeah. And we get a talk over. That'd be really good. Yeah, just Anson Mount doing the voiceover. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, the big Star Trek news this week, apart from it being Bill Shatner's 90th birthday, um, you know, which, happy birthday. And it was Bill. also, it, it would have been Leonard Nimoy's. Yeah, it would have been Leonard Nimoy's. And, and also, it was um, Marina Sirtis' birthday on Monday. There we go. Lots of Trek birthdays. But, the big news is Bill Shatner is being inducted into the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, <laughs> which means usually if you're inducted into the Hall of Fame, it means you appear at WrestleMania. 
So I'm expecting <laughs> Shatner to to be there, walk out under the WrestleMania banner. Um, and do we'll, a bit of Shatner foo. He might do a bit of Shatner foo. I mean, I assume that that's how he's managed to get into the Hall of Fame because they, uh, I put it on our Facebook group, but you can find it on YouTube. Shatner, Shatner food, Jerry the King Lawler once uh, back in, I think it was in the 70s when he was promoting TJ Hooker. Um, and then I think he hosted an episode of Raw once. Uh, uh, about ten years ago or something. So that's how, that's that's the bar that you need to get in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, which yeah, but I'm not being funny. But a lot of these wrestlers, they might have a not a lot of them have their own fighting style named after them. No, let true. alone the move. He's got an entire fighting style. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's true. I mean, there are wrestlers who have moves named after them, but most of them are dead now. It's just stuff like the Luthez Press and you know, Luthez. Yeah, but they don't the have... There isn't a wrestler called um, Joe Wrestler that all wrestling is named No, after. you're right. You're right. Absolutely. I'm going to try and think of some as we go along now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so Shatner's there. I mean, I'll be honest, the recent... <coughs> The main event of WrestleMania was meant to be Edge versus Roman Reigns, and they've recently added Daniel Bryan, so now it's a triple threat match. I say make it a fatal four-way, get Shatner in there, and you finish. It's going to be the first wrestle wrestling event with a live crowd in over 12 months. You finish your WrestleMania. The thing is always send the crowd home happy. William Shatner holding the WWE title... And that's how that's how you close out WrestleMania. I'd be happy with that. I'd I'd be up for that. But we'll see. We'll see. You never know. He might just come <laughs> out and wave and get his um, get his uh, Hall of Fame ring. But we'll see. <laughs> so let's uh, move on. Then we'll talk about the two episodes we're looking at. First of all, it's Elementary Dear Data from season two of TNG, and it's not yeah, episode three. Yeah, it's, it's no secret that TNG was not firing on all cylinders in season two. I think it's fair to say this is the worst season of TNG. You could make an argument that one's worse. Yeah. Uh, um, I think... Yeah, it's hard to say which is worse. It is hard to say. I mean, what, season two, there's this one. This one, I think, is a cracking episode. This is one of the best of season two. There's this one, there's Q-Who, Measure of a Man. That's probably See, it. There's some real... Yeah, but that's some really strong yeah, episodes there. Yeah, that is. Then season one, Data Laws, a really good episode. Conspiracy's a really good episode. That's probably it. Yeah, so okay, maybe, maybe season one's worse. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so this is Elementary Dear Data, and we, we'd had a hint in a season one episode that Data liked Sherlock Holmes, um, uh, which I can't remember, it was Lonely Among Us or something, where Geordie yeah. talks to him about it, and he, he gets into it a bit, and he gets his pipe. Um, but, but this is the one where we actually go all out with it. So, first of all then, Basically, the Enterprise does nothing in this. There's no B-plot for the ship. It's just, 
We got you know, here three well, days early for a rendezvous. Um, the, three days, the three days early, aren't they? Which, that's got to so be... Have a bit, they have a bit of a rest. That's got to be bad planning on somebody's part. Like, why don't they go explore a nebula or something with three days? Janeway had been straight off into a nebula and exploring something. Well, well you don't know. Maybe uh, Picard sort of thought, well, we're meant to meet them here at Warp 6. Let's get there at warp eight, and the crew can have a bit of a respite. Yeah, maybe. And can have a bit maybe. of re- relaxation, and it'll. And next time I do need them on the ball, we'll be ready for it. Maybe so. Yeah, we'll let it go. Um, it's a bit harsh though that like the senior officers get to book all the holodecks out. Like <laughs> you know, the lowly crewmen are like, well, well what, what are we meant to do, captains? You, you've got all holodecks. But anyway. Well, the crew are there to run all the senior officers who are having the relaxation. Yep, true. Because everyone knows that all the bo- all the bosses do all the hard work, so you, you uh, lower people don't need the time off. Yeah, exactly. You know, just watch lower decks. <laughs> you know, they don't do all. Um, and Geordie's spending his time building this ship, which I think this is the only time we see Geordie having this pastime. And it's referenced in DS9 that O'Brien likes building ships, but I don't, I don't think we yeah. have to see him do it either. Um, so we do see O'Brien's model of the Alamo, though. So we do, O'Brien yeah, does yeah. build models. That model's awesome at the Alamo. That's a right gaming table, is that? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's obviously... Maybe one of the writers has got this thing that, like, I really want one of the engineer's hobbies to be building ships... And he just keeps dropping Well, we had it in Voyager, in. didn't we? We had it in Voyager, um, one of the engineers had been building a ship in a bottle because he dies um, about four or five episodes before they get home. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had one... And he just fi- finished putting the last piece in his little Voyager inside a bottle. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's, it's something that runs through it. And I suppose, yeah, I can see engineers liking to build little little ships and stuff. I mean, this one that Geordie builds isn't that little, though. It's huge, isn't it? And like, he's taking I, like, up... I like building models. Yeah, exactly. And he's taking There's up... There's a few like... behind me. <laughs> and he's, um, he's taking up, like, one of the whole tables in engineering with it. It's like, you know, you could build it in your quarters, Geordie, but no, no, it's out there. Yeah, it, it's sort of like... Like, doing a model like that, Takes a lot of time. Yeah. Unless he's unless they how they can do them is he'll replicate huge chunks. Oh, that's cheating. And they stick perfect and they stick perfectly each time. Because I can't imagine he's built that out of like I've seen some of these ship model kits and like the amount of parts in them is absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't sort of build it in. You don't build it in an hour or a couple of hours in in the middle of engineering on the main no. workstation. But if he's replicating <laughs> chunks of it, though, that's that defeats the object a bit, surely. Like, that, well, it does, that's but it, it's sort of like you might as how, well Why else is it? What, how else has he had the time to build it in maybe, the middle of engineering? Yeah, maybe he's just he's maybe he beamed it. Maybe he's been building it in his quarters. <laughs> He's got to nearly the end. He wants to show it off a bit, so he beams it to engineering and then just finishes it off. Maybe, anyway. So, 
Because it's a good job there wasn't an, an engineering emergency and someone had to go, yeah, exactly, we need to use the main engineering console, get this out of the way. Yeah, it's a good thing that like the auto-destruct's not under it and it's not pressing it. But then <laughs> we know from the fact that Riker leans on consoles all the time that the, the buttons only get pressed when you want to press them. You can't accidentally press yeah. them. So that's all right. Um, so they decide... Because Geordie's had his treat, Data's going to have his treat, they're going to go and play Sherlock Holmes. And so, yeah, nice little setup. What I find really funny is they get there, and Geordie's like, So, what do I do? You know, Dr. Watson, oh, he writes down everything I do. And then Geordie, like a mug, actually starts doing it. Like, he just sits down there, yeah. and he's like, oh, My friend Sherlock Holmes is playing the violin. <laughs> And, like, <laughs> he, he could just black it. He could pretend to be writing it down. But, no, he actually sits there and does it. And we hear his thoughts. And Yeah, we hear what he's writing. He's using... He's like, oh, pretty he's, good writer, actually. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, he's using this right flowery language for everything. It's like, maybe it's just... It, he's starting off, he's a bit keen. He wants to do it right well, but... If he's putting this much effort into everything as he is into this bit of violin playing, this is going to be a right epic, isn't it? Like, you know, in the hands of my friend Sherlock Holmes, it, it ceases to be a musical instrument. And all right, Jody, you know, calm down, son. It's kind of like... <clears throat> it's kind of like the kid who you go to play football and they stick you in goal and you don't realise that it's because that's... That's the crap job that nobody wants. And but Jordy's actually making most of it. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm well up for and this. He, and he's loving it. Yeah, great. I get to be the guy who does the writing yeah. and there's nothing else. Go on, I'm gonna give this a good go. Uh but anyway, so Lestrade turns up and he's got a case. And this is where it gets like I can see why Geordie's not impressed with this, because straight away Data's like, oh, it's that story. Boom, this is it, and you'll find this. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not fun at all. <laughs> what were, what were well, point, Data? But then they should have probably known. I think Geordie thought that Data was going to, like, role-play it a little bit more, didn't he, and actually go through the motions and... Uh, do so... Uh, yeah... But he didn't, he just, he knew the story, so he, he's in the character's poems and he goes, it's so-and-so, 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 okay, solved. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I can understand that. And so Jordy storms out, and they're having this chat about it in 10 Forward, and Pulaski starts giving it a bit of mouth, don't you? Like, she's, oh. she's really nasty, is Pulaski. Like, she's so awful to data. She she is, and, like, season one established that, even though we all know Data's an android, mm. we don't think of him as an android, we think of him as a genuine member of the crew. Yeah, exactly. The least you can do. And all that. And, and she came in straight away, hit and at him, and, like, you've just joined this ship, and yeah. this is... He's your superior officer. Yeah, he's the third in command is, of the whole ship. Oh, yeah, all you're doing is guarding him and saying he, he isn't a real person, so if you don't think he should be giving you orders or anything, it's how you've got to interpret yeah, exactly. what you're saying. And, and like, to be fair, like the Doctor can 
uh, can supersede the captain and the first officer, but the only person she can't supersede is Data because he doesn't have any medical conditions exactly. that would allow her to do it. So, yeah, she's got serious issues. I know they were trying to set up almost like they're almost trying to go for like a Spock and Bones dynamic. I. I wonder if that's what they were hoping for. I think and it so. just never ever worked. It, no, it don't. You never got that. This is so much nastier than that. And yeah, it, it doesn't make us like Pulaski at all. Like with Bones and Spock, like, you could sympathise both sides of it. Yeah, like she's still a disliked character. And you've got to think that. It's got to be because of this, how she is towards Data. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And, I, I mean, I still have this theory that I kind of feel like she knew that she wasn't stopping in the show long because she's always credited as special appearance by... She's never listed on the main credits. Yeah. And, I mean, everything that you read, Gates McFadden was fired. She went off to do um, theatre work and things. And they didn't have any intention yeah, well, immediately. There's of all sorts her back. of stories. It's like she 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 wanted a, a year off to film the hunt for Red October. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't, and, and all sorts and there's all sorts of stories that have come out since. And but yeah, to me, some of them are quite yeah. Some of them are quite nasty. Some of the stuff that's been said. Yeah. Um, don't know if it's true or not, so I'm not going to speculate. No, of course. And, yeah, to me, it feels like Diane Muldan knew that she wasn't meant to be in it, you know, that she wasn't sticking yeah. around long. Otherwise, why wouldn't you be credited as a, a full cast member anyway? Where it, is this the second or third character she played? Because she's in the original series. Oh, she's series. in the original series, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she played two different characters. I think she did. I think series. she played an alien and a, a crew member as well. Yeah. Um, so the the setup then is that she's like, well, Data can't solve anything if he doesn't already know the outcome to it. Which I don't know what she bases that on, because it's like Data's one of the most intelligent character, you know. He's programmed to be able yeah, to think deductively. And, and, and how often is he the one who comes up with what they need to do to solve the situation they're in? Exactly. So I don't know what she's basing in unique, on. Unique situations. He's third in command and he comes up with um, solutions and recommendations of yeah, how exactly. to get out of the situations. And, and they've never been in that situation before. Yeah, <laughs> And the irony of all this is Pulaski's giving it all that, but then when they get to the holodeck, they have to explain the holodeck to her. And I know that's it's for the viewer's benefit because, you know, the holodeck's still quite new at this stage in Star Trek, and so you have to have the characters going, oh, well, it it does this, and, you know, the it tricks you by putting um, things in. But it does yeah. look silly, Pulaski not knowing what it is. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's like it's it's hard to work out with holograms, isn't it? Because we can see that they've got holog we've seen Discovery and they've got rudimentary holographic yeah. stuff going on. We've seen it in TOS the animated series that shows that they had holodecks. It had uh, sceneries, but or it had landscapes, but it mm. didn't have characters. So you've got to assume that. 
They are used to some form of holodeck. Yeah. But um, the the setup then is they do the next mystery and Data solves this straight away as well. And it's it's because it's kind of a mishmash of a couple of different stories. Yeah, and, and Pulaski is fair enough here. She goes yeah. through a fraud. There's two stories, you know them. Yeah. And you, you, you knew what the answer was because of that. Yeah, so it, it all leads to this bit where... Jordy sets the computer up and he wants it so it can challenge data. Well, I want to actually say that um, before Jordy did anything here, the holodeck was already broken. Oh, go on. Because um, when they first enter with uh, Pulaski mm-hmm. and they put in the, the, pro- the program, and I don't mean like the later one where Jordy says do X, Y, and Z. But the first time it just goes program ready. Yeah. Wait, the whole deck is meant to say whole deck program ready, enter when ready. Ah. And it missed out all the enter when ready. So I surmise that whoever had used the whole deck before this had actually broken it. Right. And it has nothing to do with what Geordie says. Maybe. Because I think it's a bit of a stretch what Geordie says. Yeah. And create all this series of events. I've always thought that. And I, I've always thought, like, well, if it's that easy for the computer to create new life, that's just crazy. And surely something yeah. like this would have happened before. Yeah. Like, what about I don't Worf? Know, I don't know what's happened to the holodeck, but before they've actually entered the first time, the holodeck is already malfunctioning. Yeah. I agree, I'll go with that. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the correct prompts to enter the holodeck. Like, what about Worf when he's making these monsters to fight? Like, what if he'd yeah. have said, make one of these that's capable of beating me, but, and it, it'd have made this big monster that's alive? That, you know, it could have, you got to keep yeah. an eye on it, you know. Um, so, anyway, they do that. And also, I think you might be right, because you see Moriarty staring at him before... Jordy makes that request, like, and he's looking a bit shifty. I know Moriarty always looks shifty because he's the villain, but he's—it's almost yeah. like he knows what's going on before he's supposed to know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but then they do do it, and he—he he can summon the arch, and he says he feels like a new man, and all this, and the first yeah, thing something, things have changed, and yeah. So first thing he does seemingly is kidnap Dr. Pulaski. And there's almost throughout this episode like almost like they're trying to play up like a romance thing, isn't there, between Pulaski and um Moriarty. You know, it's like yeah. let, let me get your tea and scones and But as we find out in the next yeah. episode, it's he's in love with the Countess Bartholomew, so you know, obviously it's just a bit of a a passing fancy that flirting, he's got bit on the side. Yeah. Well, he, he is a he is a major international criminal, so he probably thinks, well, I can have a couple uh, yeah, of yeah. girls on go here. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You know, he's all yeah, he's all over the place, Moriarty. From what I remember, I mean, I've not not read too many of the original books, but yeah. And the weirdly something I do know about it is Moriarty only appears in one story. Originally, they just kind of... It's like a really early retcon 
like the he's yeah. in it and then they go oh and it was him who set up everything before um so yeah that's interesting anyway um there's a good bit where you do see data doing the deduction like where they have this dead body and Geordie's like oh I think you'll find that uh, so he's trying to do something else other than just write everything down at this point so he's yeah he's obviously thought actually this is a pretty shit role just uh, yeah. watching you have um, all the fun and me writing it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna get involved in it. write this down data uh, but obviously Geordie gets it wrong and data manages to solve it uh, but he's but he's like yeah but this has got nothing to do with what the the actual mystery is now so it's almost like the holodeck's still doing what it were doing before, like throwing in elements that they're already familiar yeah, it's with. Still running, it's still running the sort of Sherlock Holmes mystery, but Moriarty's doing stuff outside of Yeah, that. he's off on his own doing it. Um, it works out, obviously, that it's going to be Moriarty because, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes' his greatest enemy and everything. And they track him back to the lab and he knows that they're not who they're supposed to be and then you get that cool bit where like he draws that thing and they're like oh my god and they run out and everything and they take the bit of paper out of the holodeck well Georgie runs out scared because he gives gives Data a bit of paper the point where Georgie's scared he hasn't seen what's on the paper no that's true he's just running scared because Data is yeah yeah absolutely and also, there's a weird bit where, like, Data hands it to Geordie and Geordie flips it over and goes, how can he have drawn the Enterprise? But the way he does it, it means Geordie were looking at it upside down and then... Well, I'm then, assuming that with his visor it can... Yeah, and also... Put the, things in the correct perspective. There's no up in space, so... You know, it's only <laughs> upside down the way we think of it. Um, but yeah, so they, they take the paper off the holodeck, which is a bit weird in an episode where the whole point is that you can't come off the holodeck. That you can't come off the holodeck. Now, well, I, we have seen that before, we like have. throwing snowballs off the yeah, holodeck. Yeah, and Picard had some lipstick. They were. Picard had lipstick on him that um, he shouldn't have done. Yeah. And um, yeah, Cyrus Redblock took a long time to disappear. Whereas everything disappears instantly. I know that the, <coughs> I know that the sort of written that you have characters that are just holograms. Yeah. So they can't move off, but it also uses transporter technology and replicated yeah. technology, so it does actually create matter. Yeah, and we we get more into that in the next episode. But now I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, that. The reason there's this plot hole about him taking the bit of paper off is because this was originally intended to be a two-parter and it was going to go straight into shipping a bottle. And so that was going to be a clue that they'd not actually left the holodeck was that Data had brought this off the holodeck. Uh, but obviously they... But they, they were in such a rush to get to where um, the outrageous corner. That's it. it. Yeah, they didn't want to... Yeah. Um... <laughs> So maybe that's it. But I mean, He's coming back, you know. Uh, he is, and we're all excited about that. Um, <laughs> he, he must have not been able to believe it when he got that call. Like, what? You want me to... But, but everyone's... Reprise my role. Everyone's hated me for 30 years for that role. Uh, no? Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so then 
we find out that the basically Geordi, like we said, he overrode the computer somehow by asking for this opponent. And Picard swears in French, like he says, mad, which is shit in French. And so anybody who's watching Picard and says, Oh yeah, I can't believe people swear Picard, we're at it. There you are, we're just yeah. swearing in French, we just didn't get the universal translator, but um yeah, so Picard's always had a bit of a potty mouth, we can see there. Yeah, like I'm I'm not being funny, but like they're going, oh, it's because of what I've told it to create a character that could defeat data. Yeah. Come on. Like I've already said, there's got to be something else wrong with the yeah, holodecks to be doing make, what it's done here. Yeah, it don't make any sense. And like they all talk about, like, oh, it was only Doctor Soong was the only one who could create artificial life. Like, well, your holodeck can do it for laugh apparently if you just say yeah. say the wrong thing to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it don't. It doesn't work. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I want to stick with my theory that. Yeah. Something that we don't see in this episode. So something between episode two of season two and episode three of season two has affected the holodeck. I'm happy with that. Just waiting for them to. I'll go to use that. it. Yeah. Um. So then, Riker comes up with his his brilliant plan. Like, why don't we just destroy the holo programs with this gun, and. It's like, yeah, we can go in, bang, 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 we'll shoot it, we'll shoot Moriarty, <laughs> and they're like, will that kill Dr. Pulaski? Oh, yeah, it'll tear human flesh apart as well. Uh, not not your greatest <laughs> idea there, Riker, but, you know, I can see where you're going with it. And then... Well, can't we just turn off the program? <laughs> well, you can't, can you? It's stuck. And, and Pulaski would be just stood then in the black and yellow... Yeah, but it's stuck. room. It's stuck because Moriarty's got control of the computer and he's he's wired it all into this big lever that he's got in his um <laughs> in his warehouse and he keeps pulling lever and then it keeps making ship shake, which I think's pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, this is where he's sort of wooing Pulaski, like he's trying to get a bit of information out of her, like, oh I'll, I'll give you a cup of tea and Put the milk in, I'll get you a yeah. scone. Do you want a bit of funny in that? Yeah. A bit a, of funny for me, honey. <laughs> he's a proper smoothie. And Picard decides he's going to go confront him. And Picard's like, oh, no, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay within the the parameters of the programme, so I'll get dressed up. And he's not just, he, he gets a cane and everything, he's, he's well yeah. up for it. Oh, he really gets in it. It's, yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing it right. Yeah, like, we got four days, we're not in a rush. Oh, we got three days, so, you know, go and get me a selection of canes and I'll I'll pick the best one that suits me most and go in. <laughs> There's that good bit with the mugger where um, Data just grabs his finger and <laughs> that's pretty good. And, yeah, it, this is the thing with this episode. It all gets wrapped up really, really quickly. Like, once Picard yeah, goes to speak to him, they just have a bit of a chat. And like, I that's didn't, it. Until you said that, I didn't know that, that originally it was meant to be a two-part and it well, was meant to go. I've heard that. I don't know if it's legitimately it, true. It but. makes sense because the episode wraps up very, very quickly. Yeah, it does. Like, you know, this is... When I was watching it, I had to pause it. 
and there was like four minutes left when Picard's going to speak to Moriarty, and that's with credits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he gets there, and he's like, you know, he says, oh, well, when you win, it'll all be over. So Data says, yeah, you've won, but that don't work, because he's, he's sort of progressed beyond it. And there's sort of this thing about, you know, are you a life form and... Like, Moriarty calls it out, like, he says, well, you treat Data like he's a, a real person, but why Why yeah. am I not, you know? Well, we had it in season one, didn't we? Um, oh, what's the episode where it's that silly little light? Oh, dude. That they decide to sentient being. But the, the, home it, soil? It's like, sort of, what is sentience? Yeah. And yeah, so it, but Picard sort of doesn't really have a good answer for him at this stage. It's he's kind of like, oh well, maybe you are, and yeah, we'll have a look into it for you, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then Moriarty goes, all right, yeah. and yeah, yeah so, it, at the moment we can't take you off, but we'll save your program, yeah, and we'll think, and we'll see if we can. Sp- sort some out, yeah, and you know, oh, it'll be dead quick. But the deuce, like. This is worth remembering because because of the events of the next episode. Yeah. That, um, like, Moriarty is talking to Pulaski as if it, she's going to wait for him and all that. And she goes, I might be a really old woman by the time we solve this. We're talking, this could take, so they're obviously talking this could take decades. Yeah, yeah. To resolve this problem. But yeah, Moriarty. Which I think is important to bear in mind that he and he's quite okay with this. That yeah, you're this right. Could take yeah. Decades and decades to solve. <laughs> I have no problem with that. You're right. I'd not thought of that, but yeah, you you spot on. But obviously, it's four years later when we we do pick it up. Now, one of the reasons it took so long for them to follow it up is, <clears throat> and again, like. Uh, I, I don't know all of this legit for definite. This is just different things I've read over the years, so don't sue me if I'm wrong. Um, but speaking of suing, apparently Paramount got sued by the Arthur and Doyle estate, and they said, you've used Sherlock Holmes without licence. So they thought, right, oh, it must have been that next-gen episode we did, and that's why they didn't go yeah. back to it for years. Turned out it was nothing to do with that. It was the fact that they made that young Sherlock Holmes film. Um, (laughs) And nobody thought, or maybe it's that big film that we brought out, not the Star Trek episode. That we called Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, apparently the the Conan Doyle estate didn't have any any issue with elementary data at all. Uh, It was all to do with uh, young Sherlock Holmes, but... um, Regardless, Which you could understand if um, I didn't like if Paramount hasn't informed the Afcon and Doyle estate mm. and aren't doing royalties for making young Sherlock Holmes. You can understand why they'd be quite annoyed at the fact that they'd done a film, Young yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, exactly. But either way, it, it, it took them four years before they could sort it all out and they were allowed to go back to the story so we pick up season six then and Data's acting as Holmes again and in a way that's quite funny because it, it sort of shows it as if to say 
oh yeah, data's been doing this all the time. We we just haven't been able to show you for copyright reasons. So uh, you know, yeah. let, let's just this is one of his, this is one of his regular pastimes. Yeah, let, let's pastimes. just pretend this is something he does all the time, and we won't say all about the fact we haven't been able to show Which- it. Which I actually find odd. Like he might like the character of Sherlock Holmes, but Pulaski made a really good point, and so did Geordie. That he knows all these stories mm. already. If he's played them all, maybe he's been like. I, I can't believe him playing them again, unless he's been trying over and over. Create me a character that can beat me, and he's been beating. Actually, been beating Moriarty's on the side that could take yeah. over the ship. They've got hundreds of for them. years without anyone knowing. But yeah, maybe they've found a way of doing original stories. Maybe, maybe that's what he's done. Like he's branched into other stuff. Like he's gone. Okay, I've done all the original Conan Doyle ones. So let let me try and solve the Benedict Cumberbatch ones now. And let me solve them. Let's ones. go into the Basil Rothborn era. Yeah, let's do them. Let's do the irregulars. I'll I'll fight the hound. Who strangely, can strangely enough, like I'm not at that age for Basil Rothborn, but when I was growing up, they the Basil Rothborn movies where it's Sherlock Holmes in World War Two. Yeah, were the mo- were the ones that were repeated constantly on British TV. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't realise until I was a lot older that Sherlock Holmes was actually a Victorian character. Yeah, well, this is the thing. He's been reinterpreted <laughs> that many times. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's it. Yeah, he's playing through all the different so, versions. Like, and... like Basil Rothbone, the movies were made in the 1940s during the Second World War. Yeah. And I'm nowhere near that old. <laughs> but... They were what was repeated, so they were the ones that I saw all the time. And like, there would be the odds of a Sherlock Holmes movie that came out. Yeah, yeah. But there's absolutely hun- well, hundreds is probably an exaggeration. But there's a lot of Basil oh, Rock loads of them that they repeated over and over. Yeah. So and yeah, Sherlock Holmes was a, a World War Two yeah. detective. And yeah, he's... makes great. What's this Victorian rubbish when I first <laughs> yeah. And it's for Frankenstein and Jack the Ripper. Yeah. If, I, if Sherlock Holmes <laughs> hadn't done it, it ain't worth doing. Um, so the thing is here, Data tries to catch him out by throwing the thing and him catching it with the wrong hand, but he doesn't. He catches it with the correct hand. And that makes him realise there's a bit of a glitch. To be honest, at this yeah, point, I'd be like, oh, the Sherlock Holmes program's playing up again, like, sod that. You know, let's just just delete it now. It didn't go well last time. But instead, they get Barkley in to fix it. And well, I think- Barkley, to be fair, Barkley should be a transport, uh, a holodeck expert. Yeah, yeah, he definitely but should. Should he be allowed to work on them? Because it, by this stage, was it established... He suffered from holodeck psychosis. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, that was his first episode, so... I mean, yeah, so if you look like, at that first... Should he be the engineer called to work on holodecks? Well, he has to be, because we've got Dwight Schultz for the week, so Barkley has to be involved yeah. in this one. And he accidentally... <laughs> like, to be fair, I, I like Dwight Schultz. Yeah, he's great. I wish that he didn't always play mental... Uh, Characters. Yeah, it's <laughs> variations on a theme, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, he um, 
So he accidentally activates the Moriarty thing. Now, you'd think it'd come with a little bit of a warning before it boots it up. Like, you know, like if you try and open an email attachment that don't come from a recognised source, it's always like, are you sure yeah, you want to open this like, email? Well, well, it was sealed, wasn't it? And like he can, and it goes, there's so-and-so, so-and-so security and all that. I can't remember what the computer says exactly. Would you like to continue? And he goes, yeah, open it anyway. Yeah, like, hang oh, great. on. That's how passwords... That's how passwords work in the future. Yeah, he should have at least had to read, like, the T's and C's of it or something. You know, like, you know, do you accept yeah. that you will well, be releasing a sentient been, criminal? Been you need command authorization. You thought so, but no. Anyway. But so. it just goes, there's X, Y, and Z security on it. Would you like to continue? Oh, yeah, open it. <laughs> yeah, so Barclay's off, and he just uses it to test whether he's catching it with, with the correct hand or not, and that's it. And the, the sort of... Um, the, the similarities to Wrath of Khan a little bit, because Moriarty thinks, oh, Captain Picard abandoned me to years, and so there's almost a similar thing there, where it's like, oh, he didn't bother to check on my progress, and... All of this, but like you say, well, if he were prepared for decades, then yeah, and and it was and it was very clear about it that this re this may take decades till someone can do. But this. then maybe it's that Moriarty didn't realise that he'd be conscious because they established that that he's remembering it to some degree. Yeah. So that's obviously a, a cause of concern to them and it's quite funny how he, he sort of pretends to get turned off but then he sneakily reappears afterwards um, yeah cause whose benefits he doing that for because no one else can see him so and he don't need well, anyway well I'm, assu I'm assuming he's he's turned himself off so he thinks Barkley's got so Barkley thinks he's off. Yeah. So Barkley will leave the whole oh, game. Yeah, yeah. And we are, we've already established from elementary day data that he can call up the ARC and, and start programming the computer. True. So yeah, maybe so that's So he's what had he to come to back. And I reckon he's been doing all this stuff. He's been getting ready for Picard and Data coming yeah. back. Yeah, I think you're right. And this, that's why he had to come back. And I think that's what he was doing here. So then... Getting the holodeck in a, in a holodeck ready. So then Barclay reports it to Geordie. <coughs> he does it sort of in an offhand conversational thing. When there's a bit of a break in the conversation, he goes, oh, by the way, something really weird happened when I were on the holodeck. Uh, this Moriarty thing, like, it, if something like this happens and you know it's a secret file, yeah. the first thing you should do is report I, it. I, I've just, yeah, I've just opened a secret file... Someone's appeared that shouldn't have appeared. Yeah, who knows who we all are. By name to speak to Captain Picard. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he just brings it up, you know, in a couple of minutes when when he thinks of it, which is really weird. Oh, by by <laughs> way, this all, this this guy just sort of has to see. Captain Picard, what should I do about it? Well, what do you think you should yeah. bloody do? It's, you should have reported it. <laughs> To Geordie immediately, because he's unless your immediate he was superior. Sort of like, 
the, unless this is like what I say, why he shouldn't have been the engineer <laughs> called to the holodeck. That he thought he was having an episode of his holodeck psychosis. Yeah, I bet they when Moriarty appeared, and that's why he was hesitant to say. Yeah, he's anything. not sure it's actually real. Yeah, or he's yeah. worried that because he got done last time for making holodeck programs for people, so maybe he's worried that yeah he'll get a slap on wrist again. Uh, so Picard goes to talk to him, and he throws the book out to show it's not real and everything, and. Moriarty does his big moment where he steps into the real world or what we think's the real world at the time. And he starts asking about it all. And he says, like... You see, Picard should have been suspicious. As soon as he threw the book out and it vanished, Picard should have been suspicious because in elementary deer data, he established that you can take paper out of a holodeck. Ah, but he wasn't taking it, he was throwing it. Maybe you've got to be holding it. Yeah, but he was hit by a snowball, snowball. that was thrown yeah, out by right. deck. So you're he knows right. that things that are thrown can can leave. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, throwing is the way that you so get... So he's got a double whammy there. He knows paper can be taken out and yeah. he knows anything thrown will so leave. By that logic, they should have just got Moriarty and chucked him out and that would have probably worked then. Or ah, but him he's actually a hologram person. He's different. But wrapping this up... This is the paper... Is matter that's been created using the transporters You're right. and replicators. You're right. Moriarty is a character that's created by just pure holograms. Put him in a massive envelope and post it out through the door <laughs> and see if that does it. Or wrap him in a big snowball and roll it. Um, but, yeah, so he says, like, oh, what, what sort of ship are we on? What ocean does it sail? Is he just blagging them at this stage? Because he's already drawn a picture of it in the last episode. And, you know, that yeah, that would sink. Um, that saucer would be top-heavy and it would sink it if it were a boat. But he must know well, that they're I, not on a, a sailing no, ship. No, I don't think he does know that he's on a spaceship. Because if he's set with sort of 19th century parameters, it... it, it I, I think there was Jules Verne and H.G. Wells were writing science fiction, mm. but I think H.G. Wells was after Arthur Conan Doyle. But if he's made... There's been Jules Verne's stuff, but it wasn't mainstream to have science fiction like spaceships. But if... Like, your science fiction was things like Atlantis and... True. That sort of thing. But if Moriarty's made a simulation of the whole Enterprise, you'd think... He'd have studied it a bit to realise that it's a spaceship. Yeah. Anyway, so maybe he's just blagging him. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I like, though, that they... I, I, it, it could... I, yeah, I, when I think about it more, because he, he's recreated all 1,000 crew members. Yeah. You have to imagine... It's used all the personnel files to be able to get the per- <coughs> all the personal files and and that to be able to get the mannerisms etc. Yeah, he's he's, repl- he's got the entire ship, <laughs> which in means all that, that the in Enterprise all has got a lot better memory than Deep Space Nine because it took all of DS9's internal memory to store six crew members in Bashir. Well, uh, well this this is. Well, we have it established very early on in Next Generation that 
Enterprise has the biggest mobile computer True. in the Federation. Yeah, and DS9. And also, DS9 is actually a Cardassian station. Yeah. And we have it established the first time that the Federation in Next Generation... Oh, we have it established in the Next Generation with the Cardassians. The Cardassians think that it's extremely great technology that you can read another ship's transponder code. Yeah, true. So... So the Federation are way, way advanced as long the as, as long as you don't install Call of Duty on Deep Space Nine, you'll be all right, because that takes up, like... <laughs> there's people, you know, have bought these the new PS5s and the new Xbox, and it takes up yeah. something like a quarter of your memory or something to... You know, it's insane, the new Call of Duty. I've not got it. Um, it's a border Call of Duty now. But, yeah, apparently people are kicking off because it's... And then they're like, oh, but you can buy a memory expansion for another 200 quid. Like, you yeah. know, anyway. Um, <laughs> so That's nice of you. Exactly. <laughs> so Moriarty takes over the ship again. And um, I like when he goes to the bridge and um, Worf sort of reaches under that railing that he's got and pulls out a sneaky phaser. Like... Like it's a shotgun under a counter in a shop or something. I mean, it makes like, perfect sense, be, but I just think it's cool. Like, to be fair, Wolf is the head of chief, chief security officer on the flagship of the Federation. He should have a phaser on him all the time he's on duty. I, I have no problem when he's off duty and he's off recreation and killing his monsters. For him just to have his back left with him. Yeah. But as chief of security, he's he's one of the people on the Enterprise that should always be armed. Because how many times <laughs> we see um, intruders being directly onto the bridge, etc. Oh, he should always yeah. have a phaser ready. Yeah, I mean the Enterprise does get taken over a lot to say it's the flagship. Yeah. Or even the Ferengi. Well, maybe it's because it's the flagship it gets taken over yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the thing, yeah, we make it's like that terrorist thing, yeah, we make a statement, we go for the flagship. But then. Where you go for, where terrorists go for capitals, don't they? But then, if you look at the ratio of successful to unsuccessful attempts to take it over, it's pretty bad reading for Worf, like. There's not been a lot of times someone's tried to board it and take it over that they've not actually succeeded, but um, yeah, they've had to they've had to take they've had to retake it. Haven't yeah, they? mind that happens on all the shows, so you've got to let it go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like that he's got his sneaky face uh, hidden under the thing, and so now there's there is a time limit because we've got these planets that are going to collide. And Moriarty no, now... It's a, it, it's a star that's... It's the birth of a star, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the two planets are going to... Yeah. yeah. And Moriarty now has got this countess that he wants to... At first he wants... He says, I want you to give a consciousness like you did to me. Um, and But then he just does it off screen... So apparently, yeah. you know, we were saying it's far too easy for Jordi to do it, but apparently Moriarty can do it as well. So, like, like it just has it, has he given a consciousness 
or has he given her awareness of her surroundings? Yeah, she thinks. And I think it's I think it's more likely that he's given her awareness of the surroundings. Yeah, she thinks that she's real, but she isn't. Yeah, she has no problem with that. She's actually on a spaceship in the twenty fourth century. Yeah, in a hologram. Right. I think I think she's sort of being programmed with a with an awareness, not as opposed to a consciousness. So do you think that Moriarty thinks she's got a consciousness or that he knows she hasn't, but he's happy for her to think she has? I think I think that he thinks that she has. Right. But that's because he doesn't understand the... Pro- right. How, how the difference of the programming and all that. I think he sort of made her aware of her roundings and within the parameters of her programme... Yeah. She's allowed to sort of think, yeah, this is fine. And in the Countess, like, uh, the Countess and all that, played by the lovely Stephanie Powers, and I love Stephanie Powers in sci-fi, I think she's brilliant. Oh, what else has she been in? I don't know. She was Sequest DSV. Oh, was she? Yeah. Right. Yeah, she was, was she the chief medical officer of Sequest DSV? Oh, I can't remember. It's a long time since I've seen that one, but that was good fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's really good in this, and the Countess is really good. And <clears throat> I like that they sort of touch on this thing of, um, first of all, Picard's like, oh, by the way, Moriarty, you know, we don't stand for any crime in this century either. So they're taking him seriously as if, like, well, actually, you know, yeah, he's alive, but he's also one of the most nefarious villains ever created, so we've got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And Picard sort of asks her, well, how can you be in love with a man like that, you know? And she's oh, well, he's changed, and uh, I do do find that quite interesting. Um, Then we sort of get the, the reveal starts to dawn on everyone, like the... They're not able to get any logs of the transporter experiment that they do, and Geordie catches it with the wrong hand, which gives away that Geordie's not real. But Picard's already bolstered it up by giving his security codes to the computer, which is obviously part of Moriarty's plan was to get Picard into a situation where he'd have to do that. And... um, Moriarty then can take over the real ship and he's sort of playing them one off each other like he's going well in my fake version they're trying to do this so you need to try and do that now Riker and see if that works and obviously it's it's not going to like they have all oh, they they try it with the pattern well, enhancers and You've got to disable the Heisenberg uh, compensator. That's it, yeah. Picard gives the Countess all this rubbish about you've got to do this. The Heisenberg, it actually makes a lot of sense because um, it's based on the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And it's um, that where will the um, matter be in relation to motion? when it comes up, so you need a compensator so it has right. everything stationary from where you beam it to uh, where it comes okay. out. Yeah, that does make sense then. But Picard's doing this deliberately to get it back to Moriarty, who'll feed it back to Riker, and now Picard's kind of in control of it all. And 
Picard's yeah, made. Well, we're now getting to the, we're now getting to the stage of a hologram within a hologram within a hologram. Yeah, you've got you've got the real holodeck, and then within that, you've got Moriarty's simulation of everything. And inside that, there's a holodeck that Picard makes a simulation inside that Moriarty's speaking to. Well, data, to. data makes data it. Data makes it, yeah. Picard, yeah, data, data does it. Like, this is Captain Picard. Picard doesn't actually do lots, really. Picard tells people. Yeah. Because Picard is a great captain, and he and he knows how to command his crew to he do does. the jobs. You're right. And, yeah, he probably wouldn't have put Barkley on this to begin with, and then we'd have saved all this hassle. No. Um, but it, I, I think he's really clever, the, I, I do think the episode is really clever, all the layers within layers and the plans within plans. And so Moriarty is speaking to the You're fake bluffing Riker. us, but at the same time, we're bluffing you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and so ultimately, they beam Moriarty off the holodeck, or they make Moriarty think they've beamed him off the holodeck, but he hasn't. He's in a simulation. And. Like, you've even got the Riker that they program. He's taking it really seriously. Like, he's like, come on, you need to get going. So I've got this planet. And so, yeah, it's all really, really good. And then they shut down one program and then they're like, right, so if this has worked, we're actually on the real holodeck now. So let's turn this one off. (laughs) And then now we should be on the real Enterprise. Uh, I think the solution... What they do with Moriarty is cool. That they've got him in a memory thing, so he does get to live out all this, all these lives yeah. and this experience and everything. And yes, they've no- got. It just shows, like though, that the problems with Kardashian technology that the Federation can have two conscious, uh, or one conscious and one aware hologram mm. within a little cube <laughs> yeah that that's flying around the entire galaxy and going wherever they want yeah as a continuous loop and the Kardashians built a huge big space station that can't <laughs> yeah true can't get close to just uh, six people yeah absolutely and then you get Picard makes a little speech about the nature of reality, like how do we know we're not... Basically, it's that thing that you get in conspiracy theorists now, saying, well, how do we know... That are we in the Matrix? Are we in the Matrix, yeah. And then Barclay tests it out right at the end, which I think's funny. That's a very Barclay... Have something to, to eat. Have something to eat that you've never eaten before and see if it tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah. If it does, we're in the Matrix because... Things that the don't that we don't know just automatically taste yeah, like that's chicken. Why everything... It's like a base it's a base flavour. Yeah, that's why everything tastes like chicken. I think I think Cypher had the right idea in the Matrix, I do, because like that Zion they went to, that were a proper shithole. So I I'd yeah. been like him, just put me back in, make me rich, wipe me memory of the real world. Done. Yeah. yeah I'm happy with that. Me- Made me really rich. Let me have all these women. Yeah, great. Yeah, Cypher definitely had the right idea, but yeah, Keanu went and ruined it for him, so there we go. Yeah, Well, so we'll find out what we We are, Neo yeah, of course. Matrix 4, yeah. I'm still not quite sure how they're going to bring Neo and Trinity back, but... 
No. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and and why not <laughs> Morpheus? Like they've got the other two, but not Morpheus. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, hopefully it'll be better than the second and third one, but you never know. Uh, yeah, first one is amazing. First one's yeah, it'd be uh, better if they hadn't made it a trilogy. Yes, it would. Um, but yeah, out and out classic. Anyway, so that's Elementary Dear Data and Ship in a Bottle. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can come and join us on Facebook, search for Retrek. You can check out Elliot's ongoing series of videos at building a TOS Enterprise, which is looking awesome. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's sort of over the, over the other side of the room this week, so, ah, it, so I can't just go like that and grab it. No, but yeah, but it's looking really good. It's, so it's at the stage of... I got the deflector dish fitted yesterday, so the deflectors were fitted on a Tuesday. Excellent. Yeah, good attention to detail. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm at the stage where I'm putting connectors on all wiring that I'm off to try it on the control board for the first time in the next day or two. Excellent. So and that yeah. should be out as a video maybe this weekend, depending how the trial goes on the control board. Yeah, so check that out on YouTube. That's Retrek Model Studios. We've also got the Retrek channel where you can watch the, the live streams of the podcasts. And if you can take a few minutes out of your day, leave us a... Hopefully a positive review on your podcatcher of choice. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week. So thanks for trekking we with will. us this time. Uh, and We're not sure where we'll be. We're, we're not. not sure what we're going to do next week we're yet. We're, yeah, we'll... It'll be a surprise next it'll week. It'll be a surprise. Surprise to us as well. We'll just... We could just yeah. pick episodes <laughs> out of a hat. Anyway, we'll see. So, yeah, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.